0: Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day,
1: every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in, WIP Daily, Joe Giglio with your Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following, of course, the YouTube page, 94WIP. Check it out anywhere you get your podcast or watch your podcasts we got you right here, WIP Daily. I appreciate everyone joining Tucker Bagwell will join me in a few minutes as we react to Super Bowl 58. The Chiefs do it again. It is a dynasty now. They win in overtime 25-22. That game, you know, that game was, it was weird because it was slow starting, a lot of defense early. The offense picked up after halftime. So many major moments happen. But once again, the end is the constant, and that's Patrick Mahomes, who now has three rings doing what he does, which is win the Super Bowl and play better than everyone. On the biggest stage, or a lot to react to from the game, and I want to spin it towards how it affects the Eagles. Like as I was thinking about the Eagles as part of last night, how they get back to this game, what they're missing, what the two teams on the field had last night, the Eagles do not have. So a lot to react to, but the first thing is it's Mahomes' sport, and it's just the the gap continues to grow now. And what what hit me last night watching that is. The gap between Patrick Mahomes and whoever you deem the second-best quarterback in the NFL. And this has not been a – it's been a fluid thing, right? Who's second-best behind Mahomes? Some people will say Josh Allen. He's probably been the most consistently good behind Mahomes for a while now. Some people will say Lamar Jackson, although he stinks in the playoffs. I would say Joe Burrow, but he's had health issues. You could pick out whoever you want. Jalen Hurts last year. You know, we could go through the list of guys that have had good years, And maybe you could put behind Patrick Mahomes, but that list kind of is fluid. The one thing that's not is Mahomes' number is number one. And I believe it's the biggest gap between one and two in any sport I've ever seen since Michael Jordan. So, you know, baseball is kind of tricky because there's so many players, you know, but the gap between Mike Trout and whoever you want to put it was 10 years ago, Miguel Cabrera, not as big as the gap between right now Mahomes and whoever you think number two at the quarterback position in the NFL. Basketball is probably the closest analogy because the number one player has such a a major influence on things and as much as I think LeBron James is amazing I don't think the gap between LeBron and let's say Kobe or LeBron and let's say Durant or LeBron and Curry is as big as this one those are you know I thought LeBron was the best player for a, a long stretch but those guys were right there behind him you go back to Tom Brady which is the one that's going to keep coming up here at Mahomes the gap between Brady and Manning was not very big. In fact, Manning would beat Brady in the playoffs. You know that wasn't gigantic. The teams at some point the gap was pretty big. The Patriots were better, but I didn't think the gap between Manning and Brady at their best was very big at all. In fact, a lot of the discourse then was Manning was better. He just was on the worst team. The gap now is huge. It is. It is so big now. It's the biggest I've seen since Michael Jordan and. Much like Jordan in his era, Mahomes is shaping, his, is shaping legacies and he's bending them to, to, because he wins all the time. You know, there's a chance that Jalen Hurts and the Eagles never get back. There's a Hertz, chance that Hurts never gets back. That was his best shot last year. And you think back to the early 90s, whether that be Charles Barkley with the Suns or Clyde Drexler with the Blazers, like he ruined guys' number only chances to win. Guy like Kyle Shanahan. You could, you know, make the comparison maybe to the Utah Jazz, to Malone, Stock, to Jerry Sloan, however you want. They keep beating him. You know that Kyle Shanahan has now been at two of these as a head coach, and he can't beat Patrick Mahomes. This guy is unbelievable. So the Chiefs now, since 2019, are five and one when trailing by 10 plus points at any point in the playoffs. Five and one when down by 10 plus points. The rest of the NFL, six and 48 in those games. Six and 48. Mahomes is five and one. The, the, the level of calm, the level of no big deal when they're down 10 on the biggest stage two years in a row is remarkable. Down 10 last year. We know what happened with the Eagles. Down 10 this year, no big deal. So that, that stood out to me that no matter what the plan is for the Eagles, no matter what we feel about the Eagles' future, that guy's standing in the way. I know he's in the AFC and it has to match up that the Eagles would play against the Chiefs again in a Super Bowl. But if you're just taking a blind bet right now and say, who's going to represent the chief, the AFC in the, in the Super Bowl next year? The Chiefs are the answer. I mean, you know, one of these years, it might be the Bills. The Bengals are the only team that really has shown recently they could go head-to-head and beat them and play right with them. So maybe if the Bengals get Joe Burrow healthy, they could do it again. I think that's probably the biggest obstacle Mahomes has the next five years to getting to five more Super Bowls is, is Burrow. But whoever, Bengals, Ravens, Bills, you pick your team. Maybe the Texans load up. But the odds are it's gonna be the Chiefs, and it should be the Chiefs because this is what they do. So that obstacle is standing in the Eagles' way. Mahomes, Reed, and the Chiefs. That that's and until that goes away, and I don't know when it will, it's gonna be hard to assume or project or or anticipate a Lombardi trophy in a parade here in Philadelphia. The other thing that stood out to me last night, and we've poo-pooted here because while the NFL is moving in this direction, it's an offensive league. I know it's an offensive league, defense matters. I thought both those defenses played really well. The Drake Greenlaw injury, which was so unfortunate when he ran out to the field and and popped his Achilles. I thought that really hurt San Francisco because they were dominating early. And I thought Kelsey was very quiet in part because of Greenlaw and his coverage. The, The pass rush for the Niners was really getting home, hitting Mahomes, sacking Mahomes, which you rarely see. I thought both defenses were great up front, the 49ers. And then the back end, the Chiefs, I mean, their coverage was unbelievable. There were plays where you could see Purdy has nowhere to go. There is nobody open. And he's trying to throw a ball in a tight window by the sideline just so it doesn't get picked off. And it's knocked away. McDuffie made an unbelievable play. The Eagles, and I know all this stuff out there right now about Asan Redick, but they've spent so much time, so much money, so much, so many resources in, you know, beefing up this offense the last couple of years. It's got to come back the other way at some point. The Eagles need young, top-tier defenders. And Jalen Carter looks like one. The jury's still out on Jordan Davis. The jury's out on Nolan Smith. You know, we'll see what those guys become. But in in terms of the linebacker play, in terms of the secondary, it's very, it's very bare with the Eagles have in terms of young and – on the rise, like maybe Keeley Ringo, maybe Reed Blankenship, but these are, I mean, these are significant maybes. Maybe Nicole Dean. You watch the Chiefs, you watch the 49ers, those players are all over the field. Defense does matter. I think we've gone way too far with this idea that, yeah, just get more offensive players, offense, 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 figure out the defense. We saw that this year with the Eagles. Like, if you kind of think this offseason is about getting back to this game, retooling, re- re- reloading up. To make a run of the Super Bowl. You could you could think that. And it's not crazy. The Eagles open up at 17 to 1 over at will to play to, to win next year's Super Bowl. But the work has to be done on the defensive side because the Eagles aren't close to either of those teams that were on the field last night. Just big time star player after big time star player between Bosa and McDuffie and Sneed and Chris Jones and Hargrave. I mean, they're all over the place. Stars. And you look at the Eagles' defense, and how many guys could you say are stars? The closest would be Hassan Redick, and he likely or might not be an Eagle next year. So a lot of work to do to rebuild the defense. We can't just pretend it doesn't matter anymore. We saw this year in the NFL, points were down, defense came back. That game still stayed under the total last night of 47.5, and, and that's winning overtime. So that was a defensive game last night. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. A couple of things to sit down. We'll get Tucker's thoughts on, on last night and the Chiefs winning again. So, you know, coaching matters so much. And talent will take you far. Mahomes takes the Chiefs far. But coaching and not screwing up matters a lot. I thought both coaches had some tough moments last night. Reed going for the... Timeout and not challenging, and you know that play where they're on their kind of their own ten yard line. That was weird after a couple of bad spots. I thought Shanahan way too conservative before halftime. He could have called timeouts on defense, given himself the ball one more time before the half. He was way too comfortable. with a defensive game! As far as the overtime goes, I'm not as critical of Kyle Shanahan on the overtime as a lot of people are this morning. I had to refresh my own mind as I went to overtime. Like, oh yeah, they changed this rule. So, a couple of things. I would have taken the football because I, I, the way I think of it is the third possession there in overtime, especially when Mahomes is on the other side and you're probably not going to stop him anyway, is, is really how you can win the game. Because let's just say it goes touchdown, touchdown, you get the ball back and then it's sudden death. So I, I was on board with that strategy by Shannon, take the football, try to go score a touchdown. Obviously they failed and it became a field goal. And then if the Chiefs match you, well, then you get the ball back and it becomes sudden death all, all over again. So I, I was fine with that. But story out this morning, the Chiefs had practiced this. They had gone over it. They knew. And the 49ers players were a little bit unsure of the, why they did their strategy, even what the rule was. Like That kind of preparation, that kind of detail, that, that's, if that's true, and I have no reason to doubt the quotes for the 49ers players, that they didn't really know what was going on there and understand the why Shanahan was doing what he's doing – Well, that's a bad look. I mean, he's got to prepare them for every single situation. So that's a heads up on Reed because he had his guys fully prepared on what they would do. They were going to kick, which I would take the football because that's the way I would play it. But I I get it. I I get why Shanahan did what he did. I get the criticism. It didn't work. They didn't score a touchdown. The other thing that hit me last night, and we saw it last year in this football, and it's, it's kind of a, you know, when you have a lot of highly priced players in the modern NFL, you can only have so much depth and you can only have so many guys that are special teamers. The Eagles haven't had you know, a lot of true special teamers over the years that make a difference in a positive way that way. But boy, in the last two Super Bowls that the Chiefs won, special teams mattered. Their special teams helped them and or the other team's special teams killed them. Last year, we know it was a tony return, setting up the, you know, the touchdown, an the easy touchdown. And last night, I mean, just think about the Niners' miscues on special teams. The blocked kick where Moody missed the extra point. And then the the muffed punt where it, it hit off a, a blocker's leg and set up an easy touchdown. I mean, you take away three moments last night for the 49ers. If McCaffrey doesn't fumble the opening drive, if the moody kick doesn't get blocked, if the ball doesn't go off a Niners guy's foot, they win. But that is the NFL. That is the the margin is razor thin. Right? We saw it last year with Eagles. It is razor thin. I, I always say as Brady won Super Bowls because the kicker kicked the ball out of bounds. Like they had things happen. And now – we're in another dynasty here, and the Chiefs have things happen. The The, the way I, I viewed that last night, Tucker, is Mahomes is just, he's the best by far. We're watching something unbelievable, and I, I think the Eagles have a long way to go because as, as much as they have on offense, their defense isn't close to the teams we watched last night.
0: No, it's it's funny. As you were talking about Patrick Mahomes at the beginning there, it reminded me of an exercise we did on the old evening show where we talked, we did comparisons of, of quarterbacks, like who Josh Allen reminded us of, who Joe Burrow reminded us of. And when we got to Patrick Mahomes, we either said there wasn't a comparison or the guy I came up with was, he reminds me of Wayne Gretzky. Like the things he does, it just, it doesn't matter. Like he, he's playing a different sport. The guy's now 15 and three in the postseason. He has 41 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I mean, he put up MVP type numbers in the playoffs when it's supposed to be harder. Like it, it's unbelievable the stuff he does, and I texted you in the first quarter. I, I thought San Francisco dominated the first half of the game. It, it was unbelievable, and they were only up three it- nothing. It was ten nothing after that. Juan Jennings touchdown pass to McCaffrey, and I felt like they they blew it. Like at that point, the fact that they didn't jump out to a bigger lead and they let Patrick Mahomes hang around, despite playing maybe you know some of the worst football uh, of the year for the Chiefs. It didn't matter because their defense kept them in it. And when things finally came around after that muff punt and they finally kind of got some momentum back on their side, it was over. It was an avalanche. It was kind of reminds me of what, you know, the, the 49ers have been doing to other teams throughout the playoffs, what they did to the Lions, what they did to the Packers where they, they kind of played possum for 30 minutes. And then the second half comes along, they get a big player too and it's off to the races. And I just, Moving forward, if you're the Eagles, I mean, your goal is the same, right? Like you entered 2023 with the idea of, you know, chasing and overcoming the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, heading into 2024, you have the same idea, right? The the same goal is there. You have to go chase and you have to beat Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. But the way that they played and the way their, their defense played, I, I thought, you know, if Patrick Mahomes didn't win Super Bowl MVP and the way he played in the second half, he certainly deserved it. Trent McDuffie was unbelievable. The, the big plays he came up with, he had a, a pass breakup in the end zone. He blitzed and, and you know batted a pass down on a key third down that, that forced the 49ers to, to settle for a field goal and let the offense go back down and, and tie the game. The Eagles just don't have playmakers like that. And, and we kind of talked about it throughout the season. Hey, you know, they aren't really forcing a lot of turnovers. Well, there's a reason for that. They just don't have guys who can do that. They don't have guys who can make plays. And I think if you're Howie Roseman, if you're in the front office, that's something you really need to work on. And the fact that the one guy who probably can force turnovers is is now looking at trade requests over the next couple of days. And maybe he comes back. Maybe this is just his way of evaluating the market before hitting free agency next year and the Eagles can, you know, work something out in terms of an extension. But yeah, I think it might have been just a stark reminder of you know all the shortcomings the Eagles had this season how far they are from actually competing on that high of a stage again. And like, and like when Jordan
1: did what he did and the Bulls did what they did in the 90s, you, you start to wonder, is anyone going to be able to beat the Chiefs? And this morning before I, I came in to WIP, my, my son asked me because he went to bed at halftime and he watched the highlights this morning. He's like, are the Chiefs going to win everyone? And I laughed because, no, it's the NFL these last two teams weren't even that great. Th- these are not all-time teams the Chiefs won with. And you start thinking about their young defense. They'll add a receiver. They'll add an offensive tackle. The more you start playing it out, the Chiefs could, and not 10, but like I remember when the Patriots won in 01 and Belichick afterwards, you know, there was quotes and stories about that. He didn't even think that team was that good. And then by the time 03 and 04 came, they were all-time good. There is a real chance here that everybody – is playing for second place over the next two or three years. The Chiefs are going to reel off two or three more because their best is yet to come with a very young defense and a quarterback that is that much better than anybody else. Appreciate everyone listening, subscribing, following WIP Daily. We'll talk soon.